Exodus chapter 3. So what is happening in Exodus chapter 3? The first thing that I would like your attention to be drawn is God's timing. God's timing is surprising. Surprised by God's timing. Surprised by God's timing. You know, what was the timing? Timing both when, where, and how. It is surprising that God would act in this manner after being almost seeming to be absent for 400 years. Such a long time. Moses is keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro in this desolate land called Midian. We know the story, isn't it? Joseph, he grew up in the palace and now he has run away to Midian which is about 300 miles from Egypt. It is some desolate land far away. And look at how humble Moses has become. He grew up in the palace as a prince. But now he is working for his father-in-law. 40 years. 40 years he spent in the palace. A prince. And then the next 40 years he is, he is a medium and he has almost resigned to his fate. He is now 80. And the shepherd's job is a very dirty or a smelly job. It's not a very glamorous job that he was doing. I don't know what would be an equivalent job for that today. Maybe some garbage collector or a trash collector. Whatever it is. <coughs> Shepherding. And Moses is become so humble. He thinks that this is where I'm going to be. But as he's tending the sheep, he sees a very strange sight. The bush is burning and burning, but it's not getting consumed. And from the bush, the Lord himself speaks in verse 4. When the Lord saw that he had, <coughs> he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. You know, in the Bible, whenever anyone calls for attention, they call twice. God says, Moses, Moses. Samuel, Samuel. Jesus said, my God, my God. Jesus also said, Martha, Martha. Simon, Simon. Saul, Saul. So here, God is saying, Moses, Moses. Take attention. Moses. Let's remind, rewind this to Genesis chapter 46. In Genesis chapter 46, you know what is happening in Genesis chapter 46? In Genesis chapter 45, where the where Joseph is in Egypt already and his brothers go meet with Joseph. And Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. And then, now father Jacob at a very old age, he is going to meet his son Joseph into Egypt. And when he goes there, he must be going there with a lot of fears anxieties. 
what's going to happen there? And here in, in, in Genesis chapter 46 and verse 4, in verse, verse 3, he says, God says, I am God, the God of your father. He said, do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation there. I will go down to Egypt with you, and I will surely bring you back again. And Joseph, Joseph's own hand will close your eyes. So, here, when Jacob is going to meet Joseph in Egypt, God is saying that go, you will be there, and I am going to bring you back again. Of course, not Jacob physically, because he says that he, Jacob is going to die there, but the, the family, Israel, is going to be liberated and they're going to come out. But look with me further. Let's rewind, rewind a bit more. Let's rewind to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15, where God called Abraham. When God called Abraham, and if you look at verse 12, as the sun was setting, Abraham fell into deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own. And they will be enslaved and mistreated for 400 years. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves. And afterward, they will come out with great positions. You know what was happening? God was writing the history. And he already foretold Abraham that these 400 years, they will be enslaved in Egypt and then they will be liberated. And just imagine what was happening in, in Exodus chapter 3 was that whatever God had said was coming true, was going to come true. So it was a very, very important moment in the history where God was revealing himself to Moses and calling Moses to lead his people out of Egypt. Where? Where was Moses? Moses was in Midian, some 300 miles away from Egypt, tending flock, not expecting that God is going to call him or even meet him there. So God is present in that moment and God is speaking to Moses. God is speaking to Moses. Isn't it fascinating? The God, so the Lord says, I'm, no, I'm re not ready. I was not ready earlier, but 400 years have passed and now I'm ready that your people will be liberated. Initially Moses tried his hand in doing it. 
right? And he failed. He's a failure. He said, Lord, I tried 40 years ago. And I failed miserably. I'm now old. 40 years have passed. I'm, in, I'm 80 years old. God's timing is surprising. God's timing is rarely our timing. God's timing is rarely our timing. You know, therefore, the psalmist sometimes cries, How long, O oh Lord, how long? How long are we going to suffer? But God's timing. God comes and visits Moses at that time. In the Midianite desert, God decided to meet with Moses, which will signify the beginning of a, of a great intervention of the liberation of the Israelites. That was the day that God appointed to meet with Moses. You know, Victor Hamilton, a theologian and Old Testament scholar, says in his commentary, that God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. Have you been waiting for God to intervene in your life? Have you been waiting for God to intervene in a situation? God's delays are not God's denials. These people had languished in Egypt for 400 years. But now, here is something which has happened and the beginning of the liberation process. God's timing is surprising. Not only when, but where. Suddenly from nowhere, in the median, the bush is burning. Bush is burning. God's timing is surprising, not only when, not only where, but how. What a strange thing to happen. The bush is burning, not getting consumed. You know, I must give it to Moses that he noticed it. Because that's an ordinary day. He must have taken the flock and is tending the sheep. He noticed the bush is burning, but not getting consumed. Are you missing? Sometimes, what God is trying to tell you. Some of the signs that God is giving you. In this new year, let us remember that God's timing is not our timing. Try to sense the when and the where and the how of God's intervention in your life. I'm sure you'll be surprised by God's timing. When you're least expecting, God is going to intervene. When you're least expecting, God is going to intervene. When Moses was least expecting, God intervened. So surprised by God's timing. Secondly, surprised by God's compassion. It's not surprising that God would be compassionate. We expect that. 
what we may not realize that God cares for us so deeply, even when it seems that He is not paying any attention. Have you ever done that? Especially when children are growing up and they ask for their attention. And sometimes children may think that parents are not paying attention, but they have planned everything. Right? As parents you would understand. Maybe God, you may think, is not paying attention. But God is compassionate. God is a God of compassion. God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten you. You know, if you look at verse 7 and verse 8, verse 7 and, and verse 8, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I am concerned about the suffering. You may not realize God has seen the challenges that you are facing in your life. God has heard your prayers and God is concerned and God is concerned about your suffering. So therefore, I have come down to rescue them from the hand of Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land. And therefore God is going to act in this new year. Be surprised by God's compassion. Sometimes we feel that we are praying God is not answering what's happening. Why does God appear to be so distant? Remember, God is a compassionate God. He sees he hears, he acts. A compassionate God. May in this new year you be surprised by God's compassion in your life. Thirdly, God's ways are surprising. Be surprised by God's ways in verse 10 and verse 11. You know, what is, the, what is, what is God's way? How does God intervene? God intervenes to people. He uses people. God said, I have seen, I have heard, I am concerned, and I am come down. That's his compassion part. But how is he going to intervene? In verse 10, in, in verse 10, so now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So God's way is people. God's way is you and me. You know, you may think, why God is not intervening directly there? He could have asked his angels to come or created something, some supernatural thing to happen. God wants to use people to intervene. God wants to use you and God wants to use me. You know, 
how Moses reacted. Moses said, no, no, I am the, the wrong person. See, 40 years ago I was ready and I wanted to do it. I was full of energy. I really wanted to do it. You didn't do anything. 40 years have passed. Another 40 years. 80 years now. I don't think I am ready. Are you serious, God? You want me to use me? Of course God is serious. God said yes. You know, Moses was not trying to be humble. Moses was serious. Because he said five times. Five times said no, no. Finally he said, okay, send somebody else. Moses tried to wiggle out of the situation. But God wants to use people. Be surprised by God's ways. Be surprised this year when God calls you to do something impossible. Moses, a failure, ran away 300 miles away from that place. And he says, I'm going to use you. Brothers and sisters, I want to challenge you. God is going to use you this year. Be available. Be available to say yes. In this church, in our land, in our city, God is going to use you. Surprised by God's ways. You know, why does God use you? We use people? God uses people because it means a privilege for us and glory to Him. It's a privilege if God wants to use you. Don't take it as a burden. God would like to use you and that's a privilege and that's a glory to God. Maybe God is saying to us this morning, I did that with Moses. I can do this. Do it in your life and in your land and for your people. He gets the glory because we are earthen vessels. We are cracked pots and we are jars of clay. He can use us and he gets the glory. Finally, God's timing, God's compassion, God's way, and God's power in verse 12. So when Moses says, no, I can't do it, in verse 11, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt in verse 12? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. You know, when Moses said, Who am I? God doesn't say, God doesn't answer that. God says, Please understand who I am. God is establishing His glory. God is not answering Moses' questions. God is a powerful God. So Moses is near Mount Sinai. Horeb is another name for Sinai. And God says, I am fixing an appointment with you. When you come back, I am 
going to meet you here, right here, when I met you first and commissioned you, I'm going to meet you again. Come back to this mountain at the foot of Mount Sinai and I'm going to meet you. For Moses, it's going to be a place of fulfillment. That God said, I am, I am who is with you. I will be with you. And the sign will be that when you brought the people out of Egypt, you worship God on this mountain. So God's power, you can do it. God's power is surprising. Have you, ever, have you ever experienced the power of God in your life? I'm sure you have. Be surprised by God's power. When God calls you, don't say no. Because when God calls you, He will enable you with His power. Go with His power. God uses us and He gives us His power. Moses says, Who am I? God says, That's not important. I'm not answering your question. I'm telling you that I will be with you. And that's important. Bible says, If God is for us, who can be against us? In Romans chapter 18, verse 31. You may say, A lot of people can be against us. You may say, My friends can be against us, my parents can be against us, my boss can be against us, my son or daughter can be against us, against me, the government can be against me, or the nations can be against us, evil people can be against us. A lot of people can be against us. Well, God knows that. The point of this question is no one can succeed against you apart from what he permits. Because God is with you with you, He will give you the success. Do you feel weak this morning? I'm sure you would. I do feel weak many times. Remember to be surprised by God's power. By God's power. You may feel weak about many things. The world offers so much of challenges. How shall I handle all that that's going to come in this new year? You know, God has a way of challenging us. I feel weak. God has blessed me with two daily reminders. My good thing. When you feel weak. You may have all sorts of reasons to doubt yourself, but you have no reason to doubt God. Because God is a God of surprises. Surprised by grace. You know what did God do? In Midian, it was a wasteland where Moses was tending the flock. God turned that wasteland into a holy land. He said, take off your shoes. This is holy ground. A wasteland turned into a holy land. If you feel that you are no good, God can make you good. Be surprised. 
May you be surprised by God's grace in 2020. Be surprised by God's timing. When, where, and how. Expect to be surprised. Therefore, be ready. Be ready. Be surprised by God's compassion. Be comforted. Be surprised by God's ways. Be available. God may use you. God will use you. Be surprised by God's power. <coughs> be trusting. Trust in the Lord in the face of weaknesses. You know, the ultimate expression of God's grace is Jesus Christ as He came into this world. So as we enter into this new year, prepare, be prepared to be surprised by God's grace. <coughs> Amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost and now I found. Was blind, but now I see. It was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace, my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first believed. Through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. It is grace that brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. Let's pray. Father in heaven, give us courage, give us comfort. Let us know your compassion. Help us to go, even when we want to say no. Help us to trust, not in ourselves, but that you are with us. Keep our eyes open to see all your surprising ways. This we pray in Jesus' name.